This is All Things Fitness and Wellness, uniting industry thought leaders and fitfluencers on the mission to inspire innovation and encourage people to live a life fit and well. Brought to you by Fitness World, your fitness, your way. Visit fitnessworld.ca. When it comes to sustainability initiatives, reducing energy, waste, and pollution are the primary challenges for fitness businesses. Investments in sustainability for your business not only impacts the environment, but it also impacts your revenue. Conscious consumerism is on the rise. But as we know, changes to processes and procedures and policies in business often comes at a cost. On today's episode, we have Arnold Bowers, Senior Director of Sustainability Resource Management at NG Impact. He explains the cost benefit of creating data-driven sustainability solutions in gyms and health clubs and the actionable steps that can be taken that are positive for both the environment and your bottom line. Before we get to it, be sure to hit like and subscribe. We have new podcast episodes weekly featuring industry thought leaders and influencers. Plus, we're continuing our gym and wellness haven tours that feature inspiring founder stories. This is ATFW. We are heading into Earth Day, but this is really a conversation that is something that's not going away anytime soon, particularly because there is a lot of work to do. And I think this is an interesting discussion when it comes to sustainability and energy savings, because we're coming out of the last couple of years where we've seen the energy crisis in Europe taking place, which has had a substantial ripple effect to the industry itself in regards to recovery efforts after coming out of pandemic closures. And so I think there's a lot that can be done. So first of all, explain to me what your role is and how your company works with the fitness industry. Um, yes, thank you. So and all that you said is true, by the way. Um, so NG Impact, we are a business unit under the NG umbrella, which is a very large uh, French-based uh, energy producing organization, right? Uh, with, with opportunity to work with cli- clients all over the world. So what we uh, do in this space, as far as uh, work at NG Impact, is we focus on our clients on their journey of sustainability, right? Making sustainability happen today. And that, that is uh, many of the things you addressed, right? Energy, uh, water, uh, and myself, I really focus on the solid waste and recycling uh, business that our clients have and, and the need in that space, and especially the fitness industry, right? I mean, as I think about it, uh, just focusing on fitness generally and well-being is right to really take care of ourselves and to do better uh, with our with our lives, right? As as far as nutrition, whatever is involved, and what we find in the fitness business um, with our clients is they they want to be very mindful of sustainability and and you know doing more with less, and we see the the need in many different categories, right? So. Think of when you go to the gym, um, you take a shower. Uh, we've we've been at events where they they love to show off a new shower head that that is right. Energy conserves a lot of water, right? In that process, um, HVA systems, right? The the heating and the cooling of a gym. They want those to be as efficient as possible. Um, and then directly, what we do in the waste category is trying to, to reduce the amount of waste, uh, you know, focusing on that zero waste to landfill. How can less waste go to the landfill? That's the last place we want it to go. So can we add a service around organics to pull any 
any food waste out and, and have that process to become mulch or, you know, some other product rather than to go to the landfill. Um, and so there are various technologies. The goal for us is really to find new disruptive technologies that can help us address problems that we encounter today. Well, and when it comes to the fitness industry, we know they were really hard hit during the pandemic throughout North America. We saw consistent business closures and they weren't deemed essential. And that's obviously hurt a lot of bottom lines. We are in this year. I know I was just at an URSA conference where it was deemed the year of redemption. People are coming back and that momentum is building. But I think there's a common misconception that can happen that when it comes to building in strategies and initiatives in a company, that it's going to cost a lot from the bottom line to achieve that. So talk to me a little bit about costs invested versus cost savings, because as much as obviously we want to do our part for the environment, bottom lines are important as well. Absolutely. And, and so when we talk about how to achieve some of these goals around sustainability, obviously they have to make sense economically. And, and they're not mutually exclusive. And many times they go together, right? So I always go right to the old style. What's the return on investment here, right? And, and that can cross categories of spend. So maybe a product, you know, I talked about the shower heads. I talk about a monitoring system for your waste bins, right? To just ensure that they're picked up when they're, when they're full rather than having a service, you know, that is otherwise useless. Um, there could be some initial cost in, in those services. Those, those products could be a little more expensive. But over the long run, what are the savings, right? As it relates to water usage, to energy you know, cost of, of cooling or heating a gym. Um, so it's really that investment and, and it should be looked at long term, right? The, the win, the reward may not be a short term. It could take quarters or years to achieve those goals. But I think we found that that companies that are in it for the long haul really recognize and are attracted to opportunities to make that initial investment. And, and there are ways to, you know, stretch that or spread it over a period of time so that it's not so impactful to the bottom line, even up front. So I understand, I think it was 2018, you had Planet Fitness that came on board, which obviously those in the industry know, big reach, big corporate entity. You don't need to speak specifically to that business case, but I'm curious, what would be the first parts of building a strategy and then implementing it when you have a corporation like that on your hands? So, uh, and that's a great question. It's, it's how do you initiate an engagement like that? And for us and, and for NG Impact, the work we do, we are so data-driven. So the work uh, that we do is foundationally built on the data of our clients. So if you think about any of the, the services we've touched upon, electricity, you know, natural gas, water, waste services, um, all of those utilities, if you will, receive a bill, right? You have to pay the vendors for those services. So what we do is we capture the data, so consumption and cost from those invoices, and we build a database. That becomes the baseline and the foundation of where am I today? What is my current state? And if I want to do better, I want to reduce energy, I want to reduce water usage and therefore cost, the same with waste, um, we build that baseline. Now we can begin to make uh, consulting recommendations to our client. Here's where you are. 
let's work towards what is your goal, right? And many clients will engage us initially in the healthcare and, and the fitness space and say, you know, our 2025 goal, our 2030 goal is to, you know, consume less and therefore spend less. But now that you've helped us understand where we are, a baseline is built. Now let's work together. What, what tools can we bring in to be impactful to achieve those goals? Fitness World's 16 British Columbia high-value, low-cost gyms are committed to helping people reach their fitness goals, whatever those may be. Exercise and movement play a pivotal role in supporting people's overall health and wellness. And it is Fitness World's mission to provide the facilities, services, and amenities to help you achieve your fitness your way. Visit fitnessworld.ca for more information. So it makes a lot of sense that you're actually able to build specific strategies for each business. But I'm curious, are there common issues that you see in the fitness industry? Like what are kind of the big ones that tend to be the common denominator across the board? There, there are common. And, and so uh, you mentioned one of our clients, but we work with others in this space. And in fact, just recently, we've been hired to conduct what we uh, call physical waste audits. So it's a characterization. So think of it as an archaeological dig where we go out to, to the client's locations and we basically dump the waste that's generated and we sort it to understand what do they generate, what material actually gets generated in a gym. And that's a really common theme, right? It's not unique to maybe any one brand, right? And so as we understand what is generated, now let's attack that material. If there's a lot of cardboard that goes there that could otherwise be recycled, then let's have training. Let's have a video for new employees so they understand don't throw the cardboard boxes in the trash bin, right? Or maybe there's a janitorial company that handles the waste at that gym. The, the employees of the gym actually never see it or touch it. And the folks that work in that janitorial space they can't read the signage. They don't understand where to put things. So let's make the signage in multiple languages so people understand. These are common themes that we see across healthcare, just in waste in particular, that could be addressed. And there are similarities in water usage, right? How many, how many showers do you have? Uh, uh, is there a certain head that is better than another? Um, I've attended some of these annual conferences where these folks, these big gym companies come together. Um, and some of them are franchise situations, right? So a lot of their growth is through franchise and they want to attract investors by really helping them understand what their long-term goals are and the partnerships that they have to achieve those kinds of goals, because that encourages folks to want to be part of that organization. Well, and I know that there's been this shift and trend in the industry as well, that there's a lot of gyms that are trying to become eco gyms or green gyms. What are your thoughts of what you're seeing in the space? And what are some common good elements that people are implementing that are kind of creating this ripple and wave of change? Um, yeah, I, I mean, that can be just really tactical, logical things, right? So don't sell water bottles, you know, bottles of water. Right. I mean, it, it seems silly, but those what we find is that low hanging fruit 
that that you can uh, let's attack those first and eliminate those. And again, I always go back to the waste business because that's what I do. But let's get rid of that. We don't sell any beverages in bottles, right? Now you have eliminated a whole abundance of of waste that you otherwise would have to have a service and a cost to take care of. Um, maybe it's maybe it's towels or something. Maybe people begin to you know you're responsible to bring your own towel to the gym. Um, therefore there's not, I, I know a gym that I go to, it's a, uh, it's a full service and, and they literally have someone who handles the towels and they have to laundry them. If you're responsible to bring your own in your bag and take it home when you leave, think of the water savings that you've just accomplished. I, I think just little things like that really become impactful as you want to say, we're, we're really thinking about the environment. And, and what we use and, and the cost uh, of these things really become in, impactful. Well, and it is so true to kind of have that audit and evaluation in the space, because as much as you're like, it seems so simple, I myself have walked into many spaces and it's the first thing that you see for sale from the get-go. I would right. say I live in Vancouver, British Columbia. So I think we do the bring your own container thing very well here, but I'm originally from Ontario, Canada. And when I go back home, I'm actually astounded by the amount of single use plastic water bottle usage. And truthfully, I do think it becomes out of a sense of awareness. And the more people that step up as leaders ultimately sets the new standard because it actually looks much more frowned upon if you're staying there and lagging behind in the backdrop. So you alluded to it there, but small, low-hanging fruit can create a big impact. So talk to me about some of the big impacts, broad scale, that not just the fitness industry, but as a whole, we're looking to accomplish here. Mm -hmm. So I I think really just understanding what we're doing and getting our heads around more broadly, right? What, what are the goals? Because today, you know, every day we hear about ESG, right? And, and in the, the category, right, of environmental, social, and governance, it, number one, to me, it jumps out, it's E, right? It's the environment. So let's focus on that. And I think the trends are for organizations to, to think about what can they do better, and it does start many times with these small ideas and, and it grows from there. And it's the encouragement of, of the stakeholders, both internally and externally to an organization, right? So uh, many of these companies that we work with uh, are really interested and focused on how are we viewed from folks that might be our future leaders, right? Because they need people in this organization and there's a certain type of people they want to join them because they know they'll focus on these long-term goals. And it it just begins to build on itself, right? Well, and I think you you nail it there too. The consumers at this point are the ones that are holding organizations accountable and especially even the generations behind myself, I think even more so are making a demand and they'll put their dollars in front of the people that are putting their money where their mouth is and actually taking action. So we talked a little bit about what types of things would be looked at when NG comes into play. But when NG Impact is putting these strategies together, you gather the data. Talk to me, how long of a process is it that you work with companies or basically when you get a contract in your hands, just talk me through that entire experience from from the beginning of the goal to the end goal, or is this a, a constant relationship? Uh, 
so it is it is a constant relationship. I mean, it, it, if we're going to talk about time frame, we typically structure the work uh, to be like over a three year period. Right. And so it begins with that baseline building, that initial data gathering. Um, and many times we, we look at historical data. So what has a client done up until this point, right? So we may get data for, let's say, last calendar year. And that really helps us understand maybe what you've done to this point. But foundationally, when we begin our engagement, we begin processing the invoices, right? The, the usage and the cost of the service, right? Whether, again, water, uh, natural gas, electricity, waste costs, that allows us to build a baseline, let's say after 60 or 90 days, we can understand what a client is consuming and what they're paying for that consumption. And then there are opportunities across the United States and in and, and Canada as well, um, that you understand what you're paying for a particular service, whatever it may be, right? And, and we have analytical tools to understand what parts of the country are open, meaning there is an opportunity to go compare, you know, providers, uh, a procurement event, if you will. And then there are markets that are closed. So in energy, we call it regulated and deregulated markets, right? In in waste, there are open markets and franchise markets, meaning you, you can go use someone else or you can't. So we'll understand what you're doing today, what can we do to benefit you by going out and, and looking at what you're paying versus what a market opportunity is? And then we begin to think about um, if we can make a change, let's make a change. There's economic gain there. You, you save money. And then the next step would be optimization. Let's think about now you're doing a certain thing, using a certain amount of electricity, generating a certain amount of waste. And, and we've reduced what you pay for it. Now, how can we help you reduce what you generate? So the economic savings then begin to build on themselves, right? So you save initially, you produce less, you save again. And then long-term in the waste world, clients come to us and say, we want to be zero waste to landfill. You know, you hear that term in advertising, right? What does that mean? That means that the waste your organization produces, it, 90% or more of it goes to some recycling form other than the landfill, right? It's avoiding the landfill. So we call that diversion. Once you achieve that goal of 90%, you now can claim that mantle of zero waste to landfill. The work I've talked about that we do to baseline, that helps us understand how long will it take to achieve that goal? two years, five years, right? Because it's an incremental process. No one can go, you know, you can't flip a switch and go from 20% diversion to 90% in the next six months. It, you know, it would take something extreme to do that. So it's very much a process. And, and we help our clients in that energy um, uh, procurement, going out and buying energy, helping them with the, the aligning with the waste services. So that three-year agreement, we are focused on driving costs down, building data around current state, and then making plans and achieving goals longer term. That's kind of how we're built to work. 
Well, and it does make sense that you can't just flip a switch. These are habitual, behavioral, and processes. They're built into a company. And especially when we're talking large corporations or franchise operations, it takes time to not only implement the actual structure, but then the education part for staff. And it's so many hands that work together to actually make these achievable. I like that you mentioned, because it is true, we hear these in advertising as well, these terms, but don't necessarily have a lot of depth and meaning behind them. And another one is the urgency behind zero net targets. So can you speak a little bit more to that, what that means and why there is an urgency component there? Well, I think that the, that, that uh, whole focus comes from um, everything that we're focused on uh, around you know, climate change, right? Everyone is, uh, in fact, I just uh, opened the, uh, I live in Charlottesville, Virginia, and we have a local paper and, and the whole section today was about the local focus on climate change, right? And so um, people want to understand where they are and, and there are really three scopes there, you know, your scope one emission, scope two and scope three. And those are things from direct uh, energy that you use, how much is produced, all the way up through scope three, which is like um, something you may not necessarily be able to control, like like your folks travel for for uh, business. So you know airline cost and emissions from that airline travel. Waste is a scope three emission. So I think companies are are really grappling with understanding again their baseline. Where are they today? How much carbon are they generating? And across those scopes, things they directly control, like scope one and two, and then things like scope three that they may not have direct control over, but it's part of their business model, right? They, they must do some of those things. And I, I think that uh, this whole focus around ESG and climate change has made companies and organizations much more focused on what part do I play? You know what am I responsible for and how, and then once I understand what I'm producing, how can I do better? What do I need to do to attack it and, and produce less and focus on the greater good? So everyone has this pent up demand now, it seems to really understand the baselines. Where am I? And, and that's a great deal of the work we do because this initial engagement is very much like this, an interview around what am I doing? How do I look at it? What are my long-term goals? And, and quite frankly, what am I uh, able to invest in, in in looking at this space? Well, it is so true because I think these are terms that come up even conversationally as a society today. But again, you almost hear it so much or the repetition that the depth or the weight behind it starts to lose a little bit of value. And so taking the time and space to understand the scope of our impact is really where it does all begin. So before I let you go here, because I know you provided so much valuable information, I'm curious for yourself as a person that obviously works in this industry to create a ripple of change, why is it so important to you? Uh, that's a great question. So since I've been in the, in the solid waste and recycling business for so many years, right, really my entire career, uh, you know, doing the right thing for the environment, right? You know, we, we hear these terrible news stories, a, a train crashes and hazardous material goes everywhere. I think to me, it's always been important to be part of building an infrastructure that allows us to do the right thing, right? To manage, especially waste 
and and be able to recycle so that we produce, you know, it's that change from the linear economy, right? Produce it, use it and throw it away. The world is much more circular now. So how can we do the right thing? And, and I have children, I've got a, a young son. And we all, I think, just human nature, we want to do better. We want to leave the world a better place than we left it, or at least as good as it is, right? And so um, for me, it's just been important to, to manage, you know, the waste business in a way that does as little harm to anyone as possible. Well, I so appreciate the insight. I think it's an important discussion, especially to understand that, yes, it's a balance from what we consume, what we produce, also making sure we're doing the right thing while protecting the bottom line and just having the conversation to understand that there is a balance that can be found there that's data driven in behind it as well. So I truly appreciate your insight and time today. And from Earth Day and beyond, hopefully this inspires even more people to get the conversation started if they have not already. You've just listened to all things fitness and wellness. This episode was brought to you by Fitness World, your fitness, your way. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe so you never miss out on hearing from industry thought leaders and influencers. We are on a mission to help everyone live a life fit and well.